Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, back from vacation and always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are your audio newspaper. We thank you for being here with us. We are two days delayed and hope that you're making the best of this spring break week. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. City ramps up for a big dill weekend. Main stage classic theater is looking for a few good guys and dolls. City offers public presentation on upcoming bond issues. The COVID-19 spread continues its decline locally. Timberview boys basketball comes up short in state championship. Coming up in the features section. There's a huge asteroid impact crater under a glacier in Greenland. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that says that St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. We have the five-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve and school board member Karen Marcucci tackle the question, what makes a good school board trustee? We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Since 1988, Jack Lauderman's CPA firm has been the premier tax and accounting firm for North Texas. I'm Adam Cohen, tax manager for Jack Lauderman's CPA. Whether you need CFO services or simply tax preparation or anything in between, we provide every level of business tax and accounting service. Call us at 817-231-0666 or visit us on the web at dfwtaxteam.com. That's dfwtaxteam.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on the podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams of Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Hi, I'm Michelle Newsom, Mansfield School Board Trustee, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Mansfield's going green this weekend as the annual Pickle Parade in Palooza launches on Saturday morning. If you're planning on attending, here's what you need to know. Parking is free at a variety of sites in and near downtown Mansfield. Free shuttles will run from 9 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, March 19th, to and from Legacy High School. 
Other parking options include R.L. Anderson Stadium, Alice Ponder Elementary School, Worley Middle School, Geyer Field, and the Phoenix Academy. Pickle events on Saturday begin as early as 8 a.m. with the 10K, 5K, and Kids K runs, while the parade itself starts at 1 p.m. starting at St. Jude Catholic Church and winds its way through the streets of downtown Mansfield. But it's the after-parade palooza that'll kick into high gear with pickle juice, drinking, pickle and and pie-eating contests, a special presentation from State Representative David Cook, and plenty of live entertainment. That's right, Steve. There will be live music throughout the day, including Kevin Fowler and Radio Chaos performing on the main stage. And if the night is still young, when festivities are over at 7 p.m., head on over to Stephen's Garden and Grill, where our very own Steve Casillo will be performing songs you know by heart, or should, from 6 to 9 p.m. Details on all of Saturday's Pickle events can be found at pickleparade.org. Think you've got what it takes to be the next Nathan Detroit, Joey Biltmore, or perhaps Nicely Nicely Johnson? You'll never know unless you audition for Main Stage Classic Theater's production of Guys and Dolls. Open auditions will take place on Sunday, March 27th, for a three-day run in mid-June at the Far Best Theater on Main Street. Visit mainstageclassictheater.org. For more information, the city of Mansfield will hold a community presentation about its upcoming bond election on Tuesday evening, March 22nd. The presentation will take place at 6 p.m. in the council chambers of City Hall. All Mansfield residents are welcome to attend and no registration is required. City leaders will be present to provide information about the bond propositions and answer any questions attendees may have. Visit mansfield2022.com for more information about the bond election. The COVID-19 epidemic is still on the decline here in Mansfield with the good numbers. Here's roving science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. We're still coming off the peak of the recent Omicron wave of epidemic spread in Mansfield. Mansfield saw only 37 new cases this last week, continuing six weeks of decline. One citizen of Mansfield passed away from the virus last week, a typical number across the epidemic. Mansfield ISD reports 14 active cases at the end of last week, among the lowest we have seen. Countywide last Friday, 106 fellow citizens were in the hospital with the virus, continuing a steady decline over recent weeks. 75 county citizens died from the virus last week, about the same as the two previous weeks. While the epidemic is at a very low level locally, there appear to be new waves starting overseas, according to reports from Ireland and China. I hope we do not get another wave here, but I'll keep watching the Mansfield numbers. Tarrant County public health officials still recommend that all eligible citizens get fully vaccinated and take the other precautions when in crowds. Regularly washing your hands is always a good idea. Countywide, 62% of the eligible population has been vaccinated, with only 21% having had the booster. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. The Timberview Wolves boys basketball season came to an end just five points shy of a state championship on Saturday as they fell to Beaumont United 61-57. The Wolves had a four-point lead heading into the locker room at the half, but United slowly chipped away at that lead and on their way to the state championship. Timberview ended the season ranked number one in Division 5A and fourth overall in the state. Just a quick reminder that if you know of any news that's happening in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. 
That email address is news at aboutmansfield.com. Include your name and phone number in case we need more information. Well, this Saturday is not only Pickle Parade Day, but it's also National Let's Laugh Day, which reminds us all to add a little humor to our day. We have all heard the saying, laughter is the best medicine. Well, Saturday is your chance to take your medicine. Studies have shown that laughter may boost your immune system, relieve tension, and help you relax, and laughter is contagious. So whether it's a giggle, guffaw, cackle, belly laugh, or maybe a chuckle, come up with a joke or two and make someone laugh. There once was a girl named Colleen who was really hip and on the scene. She had a firm grasp, or perhaps a tether, on area Mansfield weather. So just listen up. She's really keen. Colleen? I guess we should all be super happy that Steve didn't rhyme weather with pleather. I've got one. There once was a boy named Steve who could talk like you wouldn't believe. If you need a podcast, he'll hook you up fast. He's got all kinds of tricks up his sleeve. (laughs) Wow. Let's take a look at the weather for the next five days in Mansfield, Texas. We were projected to have a cold front come through Thursday evening, and that should be gone by Friday, when we'll still be windy but clear with a high of 67 degrees. We'll stay clear through the weekend with a high of 73 degrees Saturday, and Sunday, which is the first day of spring, will be 78 degrees. We've got another system coming in on Monday, bringing us an 80% chance of rain and a slight risk of severe weather, including possibly hail and brief tornadoes. The high Monday will be 72, and our rain chances continue into early Tuesday with a high of 73 degrees. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science, and Brian Certain prepares a libation made to make you smile in the cocktail of the week. Also coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question, and Steve talks in studio with school board member Karen Marcucci about what makes a good school board trustee. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, And we are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. 
We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com. W-Y-S-E, well.com. Hi, this is Jan Cox. And this is John Cox, owner of Stevens Garden and Grill. And you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb talks about a new space rock discovery in Greenland. Dennis. Thank you, Steve. Most weeks, I usually come across an interesting science-related story, and with a little additional learning on my part, I can make a science report out of it for you. Friday arrived with nothing on my mind, so I scanned the science news for the week, though found nothing particularly interesting. I've learned that when this happens, just pick one of them and dig in. It always works. The news I picked was about recent research into the age of an asteroid impact crater under a glacier in Greenland. It was more interesting than I originally thought. Starting at the beginning, NASA has a mission to study the Earth from space, and the U.S. Congress directs specific initiatives in their appropriation bills. Around the year 2000, Congress authorized a satellite called ICESAT, as in I-C-E-SAT, to provide regular monitoring of polar ice thickness, temperatures, etc., and do the same for some big glaciers. ISAT was launched in 2003 and did a really good science until 2009 when it stopped working. Researchers pressed to find another way to regularly monitor this aspect of our planet, and NASA proposed to use its fleet of mostly old aircraft to bridge the gap between ISAT and its successor, ISAT-2, which was eventually launched in 2018. NASA called this program Ice Bridge, and it worked really well. In 2015, one of the planes was surveying the Hiawatha Glacier in Greenland, monitoring for changes in the thickness of this very thick glacier. The plane carried a variety of instruments, including radar, that mapped the rock surface under the glacier as part of the research. These scans revealed that under the glacier was a large crater 19 miles across. Nobody has ever seen this crater, as it is on six-tenths of a mile of ancient compacted snow, which is what a glacier is. This week's news was about recent research that suspect the impact happened 58 million years ago and was likely an iron-rich asteroid half a mile across. How did they figure this out? First, there have been decades of research into ancient craters on our planet, and the geometry and geology of the crater can be used to estimate the size of its impactors. Geologists wanted to drill through the glacier to get rock samples that would be able to date the impact and say something about the kind of asteroid it was, but this was not practical or affordable. They found another way. Some glaciers are melting from the bottom, and at the front of the glacier are little creeks that carry sand and small rocks from deep under the glacier. So the scientists collected some dirt from in front of this glacier and studied it. They were looking for indications of the massive forces involved in an asteroid impact. They found them, and that is what led to this week's news. 
When a big asteroid strikes the Earth, it leaves a clear indication of the massive shock on tiny zircon crystals that are in the disturbed rock, and geologists found plenty of them. Other geologists analyzed them, looking for proportions of different isotopes, including uranium and lead, and were able to reliably establish that the impact happened about 58 million years ago. I've not been able to find reporting on how they figured out what kind of asteroid it was, but it was likely other radioactive isotopic evidence, a scientific process long used to study other impact craters on our planet. So, scientists not looking for an ancient impact crater found one anyway using an airplane. Other scientists figured out how and when to happen from zircon crystals in some dirt. Next time you are using your zircon-encrusted tweezers, remember that zircons never forget. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Shaken or stirred, either way you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is serving up another perfect libation for his cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the Leprechaun. The Leprechaun or Whiskey Tonic is a refreshing tall drink that's perfect for your favorite Irish whiskey. It's incredibly simple, and the taste is just as stimulating as its more famous counterpart, the gin and tonic. This recipe is very easy to make. The drier profile of the tonic water is a delicate counterpart to the smooth blends of the Irish whiskey, and that makes this mixed drink a great dinner companion, paired perfectly with whatever may be on the menu, including all the traditional Irish foods. But don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions, and as always, posting them on bourbongospel.com. Ingredients. You're going to take two ounces of Irish whiskey, four to six ounces of tonic water to taste, and a lemon wedge for garnish. You're going to take the Irish whiskey and pour it into a highball glass, fill it with ice, top with the tonic water, and stir well. Serve with a lemon wedge as garnish. And though it's a very, very simple drink to make, you can improve the whiskey tonic by choosing higher-end ingredients. Begin by choosing a premium tonic water. For the Irish whiskey, you can always go with the standard favorites or go to one of the top shelf whiskeys you might otherwise not use for mixing. If you want to bring a little bit more dimension to the whiskey tonic, you can add a little bit of drambouille, triple sec, and lemon juice, as that is the zesty Irishman. Tonic water is a great alternative to ginger ale and that recipe. For a slightly sweeter Irish whiskey highball, Try the whiskey ginger that pairs ginger ale instead of the tonic water. But you can also opt for the ginger beer. And remember how much we've talked about ginger beer in the past and how much I love the Q ginger beer. And then other styles of whiskey can be just as nice with tonic water as well. Try it with a Canadian or one of my favorite bourbons. Tonic can also be interesting with scotch, but you'll likely want to keep that soda pour short and just an ounce or two. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Rick Sales, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. How many square miles is the city of Mansfield? Rick knew that the area of Mansfield is 36.53 square miles. After the break, this week's trivia question. I'm Colleen Daniel, 
and this is About Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hi, I'm Taronda Hillman, and you're listening to About Mansfield. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. They're pumping out smoked tender meats and a unique organic sauce since 2013. Located next to the railroad tracks at 226 North Walnut Creek Drive here in Mansfield, you can find them on the internet at bigdbarbecue.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, whether it's Oliver, McClendon, Chandler, or the myriad others, Mansfield has an amazing award-winning inventory of over two dozen parks, trails, and sports complexes. But which one came first? This week's trivia question is, which Mansfield park is the oldest and when did it open? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, which Mansfield Park is the oldest, and when did it open? Good luck, and thanks to Jordy and Gary at Big D for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, because it is election season, and uh, we have four open seats for the MISD School Board of Trustees, four. And four makes up a a simple majority. And so what I thought I would do is bring in a current school board trustee who is not running for re-election. And when these four seats are filled, she will have fulfilled her duty as a school board trustee. So Karen Marcucci, welcome to About Mansfield. Thanks so much for letting me be here to speak to you today. You know what? I should I should say welcome back. Okay, because you I'm are uh, you makes me feel like hotter. I like that. So. You're now a two. You're now a two timer. <laughs> I know. I so are you going to be like um, Saturday Night Live? Going to get the vest? Right when you become when you become a five, I'll give you a smoking jacket. And <laughs> I love it. I love right. it. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> First of all, let's let's talk about you and why I brought you here to uh, today and. Because the topic today is what makes a good school board trustee? Because we have 10 people out there who are either running for re-election or running for election of these four MISD school board seats. You've been on the school board for how long? I've been on for almost nine years. So when you finish your term, it will be a full nine years. Yes. And you went from uh, from freshman... Uh, school board trustee all the way up to president. You were president for how many years? Uh, two and a half years. We're only supposed to do two years, and then COVID came in, and I got that extra half year. Nice. <laughs> nice. That uh, two uh, two and a half years as president. And 
the reason you're here today is to give your opinion of what you feel makes a good school board trustee. Steve, I appreciate that because this is something I've thought about for a long time because when I ran for school board the first time, um, I ran because I cared deeply about my community but really didn't have a strong sense of understanding of exactly what a trustee does and what would be expected of me. And um, since then, I've really tried hard to meet with different candidates and give them a better idea of what it is that a trustee does. And I've been thinking about it a lot since I am not going to be running for re-election. What am I looking for in a new trustee, you know, right. to, to fill that spot. And so, um, yeah, I've got lots of thoughts on that and have been trying to um, wrap my head around it to try to help myself figure out who I'm going to vote for. And I know you and I had talked about that. Um, I'd love to share the information that I've come up with and see if that helps other people decide who they'll vote for as well. Well, wouldn't the answer to what makes a good school board trustee just be Karen Marcucci? Well, I am flattered, <laughs> but I would say no, because if you had a whole board of Karen Marcucci's, that would be a terrible school district, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible school district. I think that um, that's one of the powers uh, that we have with um, the trustee system. The way that that works is that it really allows for diversity of uh, viewpoints and opinions. And I think you get better responses when you have a little bit more uh, diversity when you're looking at uh, problems and trying to come up with solutions. So those that are elected as a trustee, now, and they're also representatives. What's the difference between a trustee and a representative? So they're not representatives. And this is one of the things that um, I first really started to look at when I was looking at running for um, trustees. Why are we called trustees? Why are we not called representatives? And it's really because um, those that are elected to serve on the school board should consider themselves guardian of the public trust. Um they have information and insight into the community's youth and decisions that need to be made. They have more information that's being shared with them. So you need to elect somebody that you actually trust to make the best decision for the kids of the district. Is um, that why they're called a trustee? And that's why they're called a trustee, whereas okay. a representative may just represent certain viewpoints um, that you have, but those... Um, viewpoints that you represent may not serve the best interest of all of the students. Right. And so um, trustees kind of take it a step further. Um, certainly, you'll represent certain views and values, you know, that you come with, but you're being entrusted to make the best decision for all of the students of the school district, regardless of what your views are. Let's get into the specifics of a trustee the school board meets on Tuesday nights. Once a month, Once right? A month. Sounds easy. Oh, <laughs> so this is what, about a three-hour-a-month commitment for a trustee? What does a an MISD trustee do? Well, we have pretty high expectations for our trustees. And one is we actually do expect attendance at all of the meetings. And if you look at last month's meeting, we actually approved the calendar for the next year. So all special called meetings to set tax rates and things like that have already been uh, published on a calendar. So there is the expectation that you will certainly do that once a month meeting, that you'll show up and that you'll show up well prepared. And um, it takes a few hours to kind of go through all the material that is being presented 
granted. Um, believe it or not, when the agenda gets published to the public, that's when the trustees get all that information as well. So my Friday nights are the most amazing Friday nights before a board meeting. I sit down and I start reading through that agenda and I start thinking about any questions that I might have, clarification, and I start preparing an email to the superintendent so that I can find out um, additional details that kind of stuff on Monday. So I'm prepared for the meeting on Tuesday. And sometimes you'll notice that presentations change a little bit from Friday to Tuesday. And a lot of that is because trustees said, I don't understand this. This isn't real clear. And so they'll add some additional information just so we have the best possible information. Um, the other thing that you need to remember, too, is that we have a lot of committee meetings that we um, attend. We have we review our policy on a regular basis. We um, have representatives that serve on the Education Foundation. We serve on technology committees. I mean, there's a lot of committees that we're involved in. And then we also have um, training requirements. So you should go talk to your city council members about the training that's required of them. Training. Wait, so you don't just show up two hours a month. What kind, What type of training do they go through? Well, it's really unique because it's unique to school board members only. So that's why I made my little dig at the city council because yeah. they are not required to do that. A first uh, year trustee is required to have more than 20 hours of training. That involves lo- local district orientation, Open Meetings Act training, um, training on the Texas Education Code, um, training on human trafficking. I mean, there is just all kinds of training that's required for these new trustees. Wow. With the training and the different uh, committees and what, it, it, it really helps if you have maybe some knowledge of finance, some knowledge of technology, some knowledge of education, a well-rounded person makes a good trustee. That That is true. But I'll also say that that's why a whole board of Karen Marcucci's would be a terrible <laughs> idea, because um, that's where the board comes in handy, because you've got so many people with such diverse backgrounds and knowledge. They help make better decisions for the district. Um, I know you'll be shocked to find this out, but like Randall Kennedy, who's president of a bank, right. he has served on our finance committee and he has brought very thoughtful questions that I never would have thought of. And so it's been great to have such a variety of different people on the board to be able to look at issues in very different ways. And so not only having that that experience in technology, finance, and that, that, that but um would diversity on the board also be important? Because there is, our community is diverse. We do have a Hispanic community, a black community, a Caucasian community, as well as an Asian community. Is that, how important is that on the board? I think it's important, but I think the biggest um, thing to value is uh, the diversity of thought. Yeah, um, I think you know I, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody to any one thing, but the, divi- the but the diversity of thought I think is very important. But I do think you bring up some very good points because. Um, the schools all look very different across the entire district. And I am more on the Western side of things. My three daughters um, are in school at three different high schools. So that does give me a little bit of diversity in thought. But there are several high schools that my kids don't go to um, that are very different than the ones that my daughters do attend. And I love to go to events there and learn more about it. But you genuinely do need um, people that care deeply about their community and care enough to go find parts of that community that they're not currently involved in. How do you know who will make a good trustee? 
Well, the very basics, I think, would be include what we just referred to earlier, time. Do they have the time to put into it? Do they have the time to do the trainings? Do they have the time to listen to different thoughts, respond to emails, do the trainings and all of that? But then I also think you have to look about their um, qualifications. Because here's a fun fact for you. I have no background in education But that makes me a good board member because I don't actually run the district. But you are a highly educated person. Well, that's because I value education. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And I do think that that's important. Even if the person doesn't have the degrees, if they value education, I do think that that's critical. But my point is, is that um, board members need to understand their role as a board member. Board members, um, they look at governance and policymaking, not day-to-day operations. And the classic example that they teach you in all the training is that board members do not hire and fire the football coach. Right. Uh, That is definitely the superintendent's job. Our job is to tell the superintendent what's important to us. And if you look at Vision 2030, you can see what we value. We want to make sure that our kids are uh, ready for the next phase of their life. And we've got some specific metrics that we look at in order to do that. We want to make sure that our kids are reading on or above level. We want to make sure that they've got strong math skills. And so um, how they do it is up to the superintendent. But we tell them what our values are. And then the superintendent helps do the day-to-day operation. So I would encourage you to to um, make sure that your board members understand that. If they tell you that they're going to make sure that your kid gets a particular third grade math teacher, they're probably not going to be the best board board member Okay, because they don't really understand their role in that. Some of the other things that I think you should look at with a board member is, um, have they even attended a meeting? Do they know where the meetings are held? That's basic information. But you would be surprised at some of the candidates that did not or have not had that very basic experience yeah. of even knowing where a board meeting is being held. As as you know, I interview all of the candidates for city council and school board, and I've been doing that for the past three or four elections. And there were some city council candidates who said, when I asked them, have you been to a council meeting? Well, I watched them online. Uh, okay. It's a start. Uh, yeah, uh, right, right. But to actually know physically where the school board meets is that's a good start. It is a good start. And it's very basic, but I do think it's important to ask that. I think it's important to know if they've even spoken at a public meeting. I don't think that that's a requirement, but I think it gives you some insight as, you know, if they know how the system works. Have they been able to speak publicly at a meeting and what did they speak about? That should tell you a little bit more about where what their heart is, what their passion is, what they care a lot about because they cared enough to show up right. and speak publicly about it. And then, of course, you know, volunteering in the schools and in what capacity. Because, again, this just tells you more about the things that they're interested in and the things that they care about. Because I don't think anybody would be surprised to learn that um, – I typically show up at a lot of STEM events. So science, technology, engineering, and math, that's something that I'm very passionate about. And it captures my interest. And so somehow I always seem to make the time for that, where I may not always make the time for other things. And that's just being honest with you. (laughs) I always get dragged into being a judge for reflections and more specifically the music composition uh, part of of reflections. And I think that's amazing. And I want to point out that I was not invited to help with the spelling bee this year. And I think that there's a real reason for that. I am a terrible speller. <laughs> I always wanted, maybe, maybe, I don't know if you have an in, I would love to be the announcer of 
your word is saxophone. <laughs> saxophone. A reed instrument. I, I would love to do that. <laughs> okay, we'll have to find out somebody that can do that. But don't ask your school board member to do that for you, right? I'll do that because <laughs> that, that that's more of the less of the governance side of things. But okay. uh, but, but but we'll try to get you connected with the right person on staff to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And by the way, this year's spelling bee winning word was cornucopia. I would have been out way before that one. Way before that one. <laughs> I think it was a third or fourth grader that that actually won that. She very, you could tell she spelled it with confidence. And that's amazing. Not my gift or talent, but probably she would be a good school board member to offer some diversity in that area. There you go. So what? It, uh, again. Um, Continuing on that that theme of of what makes a good trustee, you had mentioned, you know, do they have time and are they qualified? Uh, do they understand the role that the school district plays in the community? I think is important too because uh, you know it's crazy because school used to be just about reading and writing and math and just the very basics, and then we started adding like food programs and things like that because we realized that there were hungry kids coming to school and they were having a hard time learning, and. Uh, you know, we're uh, slowly but surely trying to figure out how to live with COVID and um, some of the medical issues that have come up. And there's been a real um, gap for our kids um, that is that they're struggling. I mean, they're truly struggling with um, mental health issues, but behavior issues and things like that. And so I think that it's important for a board member to really understand that the role the school plays in the community, because I do think that schools are going to pay, play a key part in getting our kids prepared for the next phase of life, not just academically, but emotionally and all of that. So um, yeah, there's some, some pretty big things there. And then I think we also, in this political age, have to look and see if people are being driven by special interest groups, yeah. because those do not benefit our kids at all. And again, Mansfield ISD has changed tremendously in the past nine years since I've been on the board. And um, we have really got to make sure that we're advocating for every single one of our students, that we're not leaving anyone behind. And so I think those are a few things that we need to look at in these board members is that they understand their role in all of that. What other information is important? Well, I think it's important to listen to all the candidate forums, going back to what we talked about with the trustees. Like, you really need to find someone that uh, you can trust. You can trust that they are making the very best decisions. And I think it's important to listen to what they're saying in these candidate forums with a critical ear so that you can hear, are they really advocating for all kids? Do they have special interest groups? Do they have the time? You know, just kind of reflecting on some of those things we talked about earlier. And I also think um, it's important to look at financial reports. As it's become more and more expensive to run for school board, I think it's good to see who's making contributions to these campaigns. And um, if your neighbor's on that list, go talk to your neighbor and find out why they're supporting that particular candidate and, yeah. you know, learn a little bit more about them. But, you know, we've had so many um, dollars come in from different places. Sometimes that gives you an indicator if there's some special interest groups that are coming into play. Um, but I think that those financial reports, and that's public information um, and should be readily available. I think that that's important. And then I would also encourage you to reach out directly to the candidates with any specific concerns that you have, because they are going to be serving um as a trustee, and you want to be able to have that communication with them. And so that will give you a good indicator on how well they'll respond to questions to you going forward. And if a candidate is backed by a special interest group, then is 
is it wise for the voter to do some research on the special interest group and, and what is their agenda? Well, absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, I did receive quite a bit of money from the Arlington Board of Realtors when I've run. And I would encourage people to ask me about those donations because you know what? The Arlington Board of Realtors and I, we shared a lot of things in common. We were both very concerned about property values and making Mansfield ISD a place where people wanted to move. I mean, that was one of my goals as a board member was to make sure that our district was keeping up with our community. And so we had a lot of shared values and alignments. And so I was fine accepting that money from the Arlington Board of Realtors because we had a shared vision. And so, uh, yes, research those groups and find out, you know, how closely aligned the candidates are with those visions and ask them about it. What are some ways that the whether the voters or the candidates, some ways that uh, that they can get involved in for instance, MISD Education Foundation? Well, that's one of the things that um, I, I want to encourage anybody. So let's say you don't want to run for school board. You know, you've listened to this, you realize, whatever, you don't have the time or something, but you still want to stay involved. Yes, there's so many things that you can do besides serve on the board to really benefit our kids. Serving on the Education Foundation is a huge one. Giving money to the Education down mm-hmm. Foundation is a great way because those grants go straight back into the classrooms to help the teachers help the kids. And I can't think of a better way to help students out. Um, you can do like what you do, Steve. You have a student that works with you here at the podcast. That's right. And so we can get you involved that way. Um, joining your local PTA is huge. Um, that makes a big difference. And the great thing about PTA, it says Parent Teacher Association, but you can be a community member. And our PTAs actually get awards if they get so many community members involved. So you can call your local school, even if you don't have a kid there, and ask about joining the PTA. And they'd be happy to let you do that. Um, we also have a program called um, Leadership Mansfield ISD, Donald Williams with the um, school district. He runs that, and it exposes you to a lot of different opportunities within the school district, and you could find out your best way to get plugged in and support our kids. But I'd be happy to talk to anybody about other opportunities to get involved. I'm always interested in leadership and leadership at Mansfield ISD. Is that like a leadership Mansfield or a the city has a uh, a course called My Muniversity, this similar type thing. But it, it is very similar. But I, I was fortunate to um, participate in the My Muniversity. Mm-hmm. And if some people have been scared off by that, because it's a lot of classes, but it's super fun and worth it. Uh, leadership, uh, the Mansfield ISD program is not quite as intensive as that one. Okay. But it is along the same veins, and it's still a really neat opportunity. Yeah. And Donald Williams, great guy. Shout out to uh, <laughs> the Director of Communications. Uh, Donald Williams at MISD. I, as as you know, as I, and I just mentioned it earlier, I interview all of the candidates, and I do intend. The invitations have already gone out to interview all ten of the the MISD school board trustee candidates. Give me two or three questions I should ask them. The the very basic ones obviously are why are you running, yeah. <laughs> and um, and also do you have the capacity to represent all students and just helping them think through the issues that they may have to address. Um, 
and that will vary depending on the candidates, but there are some issues that Mansfield ISD needs to be concerned about. But more importantly than just identifying the problems, do they have some solutions? So like teacher retention is something that's going to become a big issue across the entire state. And funding is an issue. And those two things kind of go hand in hand because we really don't have the additional funds to give to teachers. So we can't just keep giving them money to help them stay. So how are we going to retain our teachers? Um, You know, and if they don't identify that is a top issue. I mean, that's something to think about. That's my own personal opinion. I think that's something that they should be focused on. But I would certainly ask them um, about the issues, but then also ask what the solutions are going to be, because we do need people um, that come to the table with solutions, and they're willing to have the fortitude to implement those solutions as well. Right. It, it just like starting a business. You you start a business because there's a problem, and you are, you've got the solution. Yes. And the school board is in a sense, a very large business. And the the great thing about the school board, too, is that um, a candidate may have a solution, but it may not be the best solution. And that's where it's so great is that if they can clearly communicate a problem and an idea to solve it, and then they can get the other board members with their diverse viewpoints and um, their immense knowledge of the community and all involved on it, they will come up with a great solution. And I just want to touch on this a little bit. And I know we've talked about this before, but why does the school board have so many unanimous votes when we vote on things? And my theory on that is that ideas um, are usually presented to the board in one meeting. We don't typically have an idea presented to us and vote on the same night, but ideas are typically presented to the board. And then the board has a chance to really think about that, look at it from different viewpoints. All the board members have the opportunity to do that. We get with the superintendent and share our thoughts on that. So they have an idea of how to refine that solution and they come forward sometimes many months later, with a well-thought-out plan that we all feel comfortable voting for because we've all had the opportunity to provide our input to that solution. And so um, just remember that a little bit, too, that the candidate doesn't have to have all the problems figured out, but they do need to come to the table with that willingness to find a solution and not just complain all the time and be able to work with others to come up with the very best solution for our community. Election Day is May 7th. Early voting starts April 25th. And and I'm sure we'll see you at the polls. Uh, At least one of those days you will go out and vote. Absolutely. And uh, I, I too, as well. Uh, Karen, you are one of the diamonds here in Mansfield. Thank you for your service. You're nine years on the school board. And... uh, We'll see you at the polls. Yes, I've been blessed to have this opportunity, too. And I truly appreciate those that have supported me through this because it's not an easy job. And so every kind word that's been shared with me, I truly treasure and know that I'm not going away. (laughs) (laughs) I I love public education. I love what it's done for my family. I love what it's done for me. And I want that legacy to continue on. So I'm so thankful to have had the opportunity to serve in this way. So thank you for letting me come back. Absolutely. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk in studio with Dr. Levi Doe, a Vietnamese immigrant whose family of 11 came to America with next to nothing, and now he manages his own dental practice. This is also the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com. Enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. 
we promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. <laughs>